Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, where every week we talk about how technology is transforming the creative industries. Today is a slightly different kind of program. We'll be talking about the situation in Iran, specifically the Nordic tech and lifestyle industry's response to what's happening. We'll be joined later by our special guest, Atefe Sabdani, a Stockholm-based tech worker, and author and activist. We'll go through what's happening in Iran right now, the protests by Iranian women, the subsequent strikedowns and killings from the government, and the events following the death of Masa Jina Amini in mid of September. We'll talk about why the social media uproar is so big, specifically in Sweden, and what someone can do that wants to learn more. I'm Conrad Olsen, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm joined by my colleague Erik Sedin. Erik, how are you? Yes, good morning. A bit of a special podcast. Uh, feels weird not having uh, Roland here, but uh, we have a guest to fill his shoes. So, And, uh, you know, a, also a very important uh, and a very actual and very contemporary subject. It would be great to hear uh, what is going on for from, the ins- from, in- from people inside the creative industries in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. So that this is actually kind of the starting point of this uh, topic. I was personally struck by the many reports from uh, inside Iran that came from the people in our community. Um, so we have people working in fashion, in the tech community. We have authors and photographers and DJs and so forth. These are people, you know, obviously in my personal feed, but uh, also people in, in the vicinity of, of Scandinavian Mind. And I, I just it just struck me that uh, there's so many people with connections to Iran uh, around me, and that might not be so strange actually, because we have over only in Sweden we have over a hundred thousand people of Iranian descent. Um, obviously, going back to the huge wave of immigrants from the late seventies. Um, so today we have around seventy thousand people who are born in Iran, uh, living in Sweden, with another fifty or so um, uh, with Iranian parents. So. With that, we thought we'd take a look at this issue, and uh, we'll go discuss with our guests, um, with our guest today, uh, the role of the media in this. Uh, you know, if they're doing their job uh, in covering this, uh, we thought we'd do the, the the least we could do is talk to our community about what's happening. And we actually have a story up on scanningmind.com this week with. Uh, uh, a selection of voices uh, on on this topic. Eric, maybe we can go through the people we have interviewed uh, in a story written by our our, our writer, Mega uh, Prakash. Yeah, Mega has been, uh, she's reached out to uh, six uh, different uh, uh, creative minds or minds in the the industries that you just mentioned. Um, One of them is uh, Susan Schanberger, an active figure in the Stockholm fashion scene uh, with Mm. the uh, Instagram account style in Scandinavia. Uh, another one is the photographer uh, Mila Labedi uh, with a background in architecture and he has a very unique kind of way of photographing. Yeah, he's uh, a longtime friend and we've been working with him quite a lot the past mm. few years. Yeah. And then also we have uh, Masa Hoshnud, who is the CEO of Swedish uh, music label Studio Barnhus. And she's also the uh, nightclub manager at Söda Teatern, which is a, a big uh, nightclub and just cultural scene here in Stockholm. And she will speak from the music uh, uh, side of things. Uh, also, uh, Atefa Sebdani, um, uh, she has a long industry in tech. She's been at Microsoft. Uh, she has put a pause on her tech career and she's writing her first book. Uh, also writes some poetry and works with activism. And on top of this, we also have uh, Roshi Hus and Susan Najafi uh, that will share some of their thoughts. Mm, mm. 
Roshi is a famous uh, PR personality in, in Stockholm, and Cezanne, of course, was interviewed in uh, uh, Scandinavian Mind issue two. Uh, yeah. So that story is, is up online if you want to go back to that. All right, we are now here with Atefe Sabdani. Uh, Atefe, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So you've been on my social feed for uh, uh, you know a year or so. And when this thing in Iran blew up the past month, you have been one of the strongest voices, I think, in shining a light on, on what's happening. Uh, so this is kind of my entry point into it, why we wanted to invite you on. Obviously, we have the article uh, with your with the interview with you. Uh, it's been up a couple of days now on ScandinavianMind.com. Uh, but let's just begin and try to frame the situation because uh, what we, really what we want to do here is try to uh, help people understand what's happening and bring in the voices from our community to that we have um, to, to talk about this. So how would you describe the situation in Iran right now? Uh, so if we talk about the now, uh, we are seeing a huge amount of protests going on in the country. And this is nothing, something that isn't unusual in Iran since it's a country in oppression uh, for the past 43 years. Mm. So uh, the people have been rising up before, but they have been suffocated to silence before. And so these uh, protests come depending on the situation. So before it could have been about the poverty, about the economics or the gas. Uh, this time it's because of Mahsa Amini uh, or her real name, Gina Amini, which also is another subject, why she had to have another name. Right. Uh, so she was murdered by the morality police. And that's also another subject, like this country actually has a morality police that walks around the streets to make sure that you are being moral. Mm. Uh, and in this case, she had her hair out from her hijab. So she was tortured until she died three days after. Uh, and so uh, the protests now are mainly coming from the youngsters in the country that had enough. These are people that never experienced freedom in their whole life uh, and they're tired of it. So uh, if I should just because people also talk about this time being unique. And if I should just point that out, it's because now it has been going on for three weeks, which is a lot. Some people yeah. have been saying that, you know, you, it needs, you need four weeks for revolution to happen. So we'll see. We have another week to go on. And another reason for it being huge is that it's happening all over the country in all the different provinces, which isn't usual. And the third reason is social media and what's going on in social media right now. Okay, so let's dive into to many of, of these topics that you just brought out. But just from a from a personal note, from from your perspective, uh, living here in Sweden, how are you taking in the situation? Uh, and you know, obviously, you you are very vocal and active uh, on this topic. How has this affected your life the past few weeks? Oh, wow, the past, you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure how to be able to make this podcast. I'm going to be frank. Mm. I've been in some other podcasts during the week, but uh, in the past weeks, but I just felt like I was so tired of, of the whole situation because we are also having our normal lives. We're working, we're mothers and fathers, and, you know, we have our regular lives, but we're also 
trying to be their voices. I've been sitting with my phone 24 hours, you know, a day to just be able to to catch up on, on what's happening. Uh, you know, I, I sit with my children and watch TV and I just start crying in the midst of some happy scene. It's just ridiculous how your feelings have been up and down. Mm. Uh, so I think we're very tired, all of us. But we we aren't, you know, what is being tired compared to what they're doing, you know. So we're also feeling a lot of uh, powerlessness to just sit here and watch them risk their lives, basically. That's what mm. they're doing. And I, I think that's interesting because both you and we did a survey where we asked uh, a lot of people in different industries and both you and uh, Masa Hoshnud, who is uh, the uh, club manager at Soda Teotl, you both said that you're kind of like moving from fearful to and you feel powerful at the same time. It goes and some people always, well, I think you also mentioned survivor's guilt a bit. Mm. I'm guessing it's really hard watching this from a distance uh, from the comfort of your home and from the safeness of Scandinavia. Yeah. And also, you know, uh, we left that country, right? We came to freedom. They didn't. Uh, that's still our country, but it's still not our country. So mm. we're fighting for something we don't know anymore. And that's also a sorrow in that feeling to know that this isn't yours anymore. But you still have that attachment and you still you still care so much because it's in yourself, it's in your blood, it's your relatives. So you're fighting for something unknown at the same time. And also, we don't know what will happen. I mean, say this revolution will happen. What happens next? Will it be better? Will it not? We don't know. We just need to keep going to see perhaps and hopefully we can help them to get their freedom. Hmm. So let's talk about the role of, of social media in this. And, and there's been uh, a lot of talk about uh, the need for kind of sort of non-Iranians to lift this this topic. Uh, because, you know, as Iranians, you are kind of monitored by, by the state. Uh, the way I've understood it, perhaps you can shine a light on, on the sort of dynamics of Iranian people lifting this on social and, and non-Iranians. Yeah, I'm laughing because I can't believe I'm telling people this, but this is truth Mm. so uh and that's also i think a reason why so few non-iranians know about this because we amongst us even we don't feel the freedom of speech so when i meet new iranians i don't know what i can say to them because i don't know who they are and Mm. i know that that can sound paranoid but I've seen my name on a blacklist in the in the Iranian embassy. They are watching us. My friend, her husband's dad, went to the embassy to get a new passport to be able to go back to Iran. And when he said my friend's name, they were like, you know, whoa, we need to talk to you. And they took him aside. And uh, her her husband's dad came home and said, you know, I don't know what's going on, but they had a you know special meeting about you, blah, 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 because they had her name in the list so they are watching us we know that if we if we are vocal about iran we will get on the list and what does that mean it means that we're not only risking our own safety we can't go back to iran i can't go back to iran i haven't been there since i came to sweden and not only that we're also risking our relatives living there still living there because they take them as hostage to make sure you're silent. So anything I say here is a risk for them. So that's also the reason I think not many here in West know about the real problems in Iran. It's that because we can't speak about them without risking mm. 
you know, our dear loved ones' lives. So it's been, it's been, I mean, we have several people in, in our community that's been talking about this. Uh, you know, one of them is our mutual friend, uh, Noura Baby, who's the cover of, of Scandinavian Mind, uh, our last issue. I mean, you guys were really vocal about this when it all started. And then uh, there was kind of this avalanche of people coming out. And But, you know, in, in retrospect, when I see how much I've taken in on this subject, it's been more on the social media side than in regular media, even though there have been articles if the sense I get is they're they're, they're coming later uh, than the reports on, on social media. How would you describe the the balance? I mean, between what's what's coming out through social media and and uh, you know regular news media. You can't even compare what's going on on social media and what's going on in news. I mean, I still for for a little while where we had been you know pushing um, the news the regular news the traditional news a lot they started mm. to publish some about it but now it's gone back again yeah uh, and i mean how much can you push them so you can't even compare that and and that's also as i started to say what's unique about this time is that ev- everything more or less is going on in social media and imagine what it was before social media, when we didn't have this, when we couldn't communicate like this. So now they're actually telling us from inside the country, be our voice. And through social media, we're being that. And the tag, uh, hashtag Masa Amini is the most, how is it, used tag in the world. So there is a reason for that as well, that there are not only people from from the West using this, but also from inside of Iran. But you can't even compare what's going on in the the traditional news. And we are, as usual, very disappointed, of course. What's your sense of the situation with regards to reports that uh, the government was was shutting down the internet in in Iran? Are these reports, are these uh, social media uprising uh, around the world, is it reaching uh, the people inside Iran? They are. I mean, I have... um, Below my my uh, posts on Instagram, you can see who is speaking, and they are thanking us uh, mm. for being their voices. I have DMs coming to me from Iran saying, "Please don't stop, keep continue being our voice," and they're thanking me. I mean, I'm not doing, I'm not risking my life. I'm just posting some, you know, something on social media. They are the people risking their lives, but they're thanking me for being their voice. And if that's the least I could. I can do then I should do it you know and it doesn't take much for anybody to be that voice and to be frank you don't need to know much about Iran to see that something is really wrong with this country I mean 80 million people in one country doesn't have the same taste in clothes right so just start with the plain sight of what you see and if you just look around you all the Iranians you know we didn't we didn't come to Sweden because it was just fun to leave everything to leave your culture and traditions and language and you know everything to to start over again we had a reason to have to come here so if you only have those two facts with you you should know that this is a country that is committing crime against humanity on daily basis I could go on, so you need to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's why we want you here. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of talk around the fact that this is a women-led uh, uprising or a potential revolution. Uh, could you describe why this is, and do you have a sense uh, about why this is so strong, and you know how why uh, women within Iran can find the courage to 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 speak out like this? There, I mean, we've all seen videos of uh, students uh, speaking up to. 
uh, teachers at universities, uh, uh, burning their hijabs in the street, a very powerful imagery coming out. Um, why is this happening like this? So on your question on how they found their, their bravery, I will never be able to answer that. How on earth can they be so brave? Uh, they are being heroes right now. Uh, but why they're doing this is because there's a gender apartheid going on in Iran. Uh, and women are not, it's not, they're not even half worth of the men. They can't, for example, and, and I'm just going to take a few example, but yeah. it's huger than this, but they can't even leave the country without the permission from a man. If they want to have a divorce, they need to have a permission from a man while the man can have a divorce on the day if he wants to. Mm. They can't have any job they want. They need to sit in the back on the bus. <clears throat> if they go out, they need to have a, rel a, a relative that is a man with you, you know. So there is, there are, I mean, imagine yourself. If you would go out on the street, you can't be with a woman that isn't your wife, your mother, or your daughter. You need to have a... a an allowance to be with that woman. So the women, this oppression going on is, even though it's for all the country, it's even harder for the women. But do you think it's also because of, what I'm reading is there's a lot of young women doing this, gen Generation Z women, you know? And I think I read somewhere that, uh, uh, looking at the STEM, you might say STEM, you know, like science, technology, engineering, and maths, 60% uh, of the people working in those industries in Iran are women and they're young women. So is it that the Gen Z in Iran right now, the young people, are they more educated or more read on stuff? Uh, you're very correct. So uh, this is a country that always had a very high level of education, uh, also a lot of analphabetism, but let's let's <laughs> pause that one. But uh, so yes, and there it's a lot of youngsters out there, a lot of students out there. Uh, and I, I would say they are um, up to date more with what's happening outside the world. And they've been, they had have found ways to be able to connect with the outside world. And I'm saying this mm. because this is a country that has a state owned internet. Everything is state owned to be able to control the people. They have cameras all over the streets to be able to find out who's doing what. Uh, but but the youngsters have been able to um, connect with the outside world and, and they know what's going on outside. And especially now that we are being vocal with what's happening together with them, they find the strength to go on. So we talked about sort of the balance between fear and optimism in this uh, or, or you know, frustration or, or you know, there's both the disheartening reports around uh, the, the strike down from the government, the, the killings of, of protesters and so forth. At the same time, you know, what's happening is really uh, magnificent in a way uh, to see people stand up for their rights, stand up for their freedom. How do you, maybe this is a weird question, but how do you balance this uh, on an emotional level? And are you more optimistic or, or uh, more pessimistic as to what could happen now? So I would say I'm very 50-50 on this one because I've been following these protests all my life and mm. I've seen them being suffocated every time. So, but each time, I mean, we, we are this community saying, is this this the time that this is going to happen so i'm trying also not to be too optimistic but i'm also saying to myself so this is the one shot we might have because this is the one time that the people 
people outside Iran are also uh, waking up and are also being vocal. And if we're not going to make it this time, will we have their voices next time? So that's also something I'm very afraid of. Uh, so for that reason, I hope this it will happen. And how I'm balancing that, I'm channeling it through my activism, to be honest. So mm. I'm trying to just do things that sort of feel satisfying, if it, even if it doesn't, to make sure that uh, I'm doing all that I can. So you uh, have to unfortunately wrap up soon, but uh, you know, obviously, we'll link to your social media in in the show notes, so people can see your writing there. Uh, are there other voices, <laughs> other channels that you would recommend people to go to to learn more about what's happening? There is this incredible Swedish, uh, Iranian Swedish Instagram called Iran Protests Sweden. I think mm. it, that is updating every every minute, and you can find a lot of information going on there. So I would recommend everybody to to follow that one. And I would also want to say one last thing: don't be afraid to ask questions. In this case, we want you to ask these questions so we can be able to to explain because many of much of this are very obvious for us so we might not realize that it can be a very complex situation from someone outside and we would be more than happy to explain and again you don't need to know everything to just be a voice so be a voice and that's that you know so doing this you that you guys are doing is one step that i really really appreciate Well, thank you for that. Let's let's also end on on a more uh, sort of broader, perhaps uh, cultural note. Uh, we when we observe this from our perspective, which we cover the the fields of tech and fashion and design and sort of the lifestyle industries, we've seen examples of Balenciaga, for instance, close down their entire Instagram. Uh, I think it was last week or during the weekend, and dedicated one post to to this topic. Uh, and you know they've since moved on to to regular business. But but have have you seen a lot of these? Um, um, you know, kind of activist moves from brands or from from uh, you know celebrities or, or or personalities. Yes, of course. And I've, uh, this time around, I've also seen it from Iranian celebrities more, which isn't very usual. Yeah. But I also want to point out that this work that you see outside in social media is the work from the exiled Iranians. This hasn't come freely and naturally. Oh. We've been working sorry the language our asses off to make sure that people are being more vocal and i'm very happy that the message is getting through and i can only hope that this wasn't a one-timer that it will happen again so yes i'm seeing a change and i hope that we can keep going on with that change sorry to be so pessimistic <laughs> no i mean your your testimony is, is what we want here and we thank you so much for having it all right artifice abdani thank you so much for for coming on the show sharing your thoughts sh- uh, sharing your experiences with this uh, uh this is obviously a difficult t- uh, subject but we want to shine a light on it and we want to keep monitoring uh, what's happening uh it's important for for the world but uh, also important for many people in in our community so uh thanks again and thank you guys for having this with me thank you All right, Eric, that was a great uh, conversation. I'm so happy we were able to to do this. Before we close out, I just want to mention a couple of things that are happening on ScandinavianMind.com and in the world of, of Scandinavian Mind. Uh, plug one of our most read articles uh, of late, uh, an interview with a guy called Indy Juhar, um about the deep code transformation required to solve our planetary scale system this is a guy if you're interested in in, in urban development 
you know, bring your reading glasses because this is deep. But this is an uh, architect from from Dark Matter Labs talking about how to uh, create new uh, solutions to to solve our, our planetary problems w- with regards to cities. Great article. You kind of have to uh, stay focused. Put down your phone and read it. Stay focused. <laughs> also, uh, in a follow-up to the episode before the last, our first inaugural episode, a Scandinavian Mind is now on TikTok, right? Yeah, it was kind of hypocritical of us of you know bashing the whole industry and not even having a, an account of ourselves. So we created okay. one and uh, the, the numbers are stacking up already. And we're going to keep going. Hopefully we're going to post more stuff uh, other than uh, podcast clips like these ones. Maybe some uh, reviews I think we, of we're, uh, we, exactly. we're starting off the completely wrong way, uh, reposting stuff we're doing on, on Instagram. <laughs> so we're, we're really not... Uh, no, uh, not following uh, our own advice. <laughs> definitely not. But uh, <laughs> since you are the, our TikTok master, we'll see more reports with uh, TikTok exclusive content coming out. So I don't even... It's, do you say go in and follow us on TikTok? Do people even do that? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. But followers are completely obsolete on TikTok. No one really cares about followers. Um, you know, it's it's about the numbers. It's about reaching outside of your followers' uh, reach in a way. But yeah, go follow us still. Feed your algorithm with Scandinavian Mind. Scandinavian Mind is reaching outside of our following. Um, this has been a special episode of the Scandinavian Mind podcast with Otefe Sabdani. Don't forget uh, to read our report on the situation in Iran with the voices from, from our community. Uh, uh, sign up to our newsletter. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter. Not miss out on any talks, events or content coming out of Scandinavian Mind. Eric, thank you so much for this week. Thank you. See you.